Hey everyone, I am so excited to be with you today. This is officially podcast number one. Um, I am so excited about it because today I am going to share my story, the story of how I got here, the story to online sales funnels, to social influence, to all of those things, um, kind of what has brought me through and really what my heart is um, moving forward. And like many of you, I have always been an entrepreneur. It has just been ingrained in me since I was a little kid. Um, I enjoy it. I thrive on it. I love coming up with new ideas and new ventures and trying things out. Um, failing, eh, not so much fun, uh, but you learn to pick yourself up um, and, and keep going. And it started when I was a little kid. I remember when I was in elementary school, I used to sell this stuff to my friends called pucker powder. And pucker powder, um, it was a secret, you know, a secret ingredient. Nobody knew what it was. It was something that I made. And it was this powder that you stick on your, you know, you would lick your finger and um, touch it and then lick it. And it would just make your whole mouth just, you know, go crazy because it was so stinking sour. Um, and, and I never told my friends what it was, right? I would never say what the secret ingredients was, even though many of them guessed it. And I would say, ah, that's not it. Um, I guess that's where I started lying too, is when I, (laughs) when I created pucker powder. Um, but what it was, was I would go to the grocery store with my parents and I would buy all different flavors of Kool-Aid and the powdered Kool-Aid and I would mix it up and I'd put it in these little baggies. Um, and sell it to my friends in elementary school. And I called it pucker powder. And I like came up with a little brand and all this stuff. And the best part of it was my parents bought the Kool-Aid. So I was a hustler on both sides, right? Um, I got, I hustled my parents, I hustled my friends, um, and it was just fun. And that was my first start into the entrepreneur journey. And I'm really got my taste buds going for it. And through life, um, through high school and college, and then meeting my husband, I just tried about everything. We waited eight years after we were married before we decided to have kids. And so we went to, man, every real estate seminar and stock market conference and um, just everything we could about just being an entrepreneur and, and debt and money and how it all works. And we love that world. We love that world of learning and of education. And we eventually found ourselves that we were licensed lenders. We at the time lived in the state of California. And so we owned a company that um, was a lending company. And we'd work both with um, getting lending ourselves because we'd have to work with, you know, the bigger sharks out there to get the money for the company. And then we'd in sense lend it out. Um, we worked a lot with realtors and um, business owners and people that were either cash high or cash low and they needed cash in between. And so we really wanted to fill that need in a very, um, you know, ethical way in a, in a better way that all the other, than all the other companies were doing it. And we really had a passion for it and wanted to um, grow it in a way that it would change the industry standards because there's such a, oh, you know, that, that just yucky feeling when you're talking about lenders and borrowing money and all of that. And I get that, but at the same time, that's kind of the world we're in. And sometimes we need that. So we wanted to change that. So we really had our 
our heart in it, our passion in it. And um, we are looking at growing and going into multiple states and doing a couple things like that. And we had brought on these lenders into the company um, because we kept outgrowing the funding that we had. We were getting bigger that we were moving beyond and we had to get bigger money and bigger money to keep it going um, and to be able to scale with the leads that we were coming in because we were getting so many leads and we couldn't finance all of them. So we had started working with uh, these lenders and it was through a business relationship I had that um, that we ended up meeting them and deciding to work with them and kind of going with this whole proof of, proof of concept um, to show that we can do it. And then from there, you know, negotiate terms and make some changes and things like that. Um, and through this process, we just got in a real bad place with them. And there was a lot of miscommunication um, that I thought we were communicating clearly, but the person we were talking to, it wasn't getting to them. And um, and I was being told one thing, and I think they were being told another thing, and it, it just didn't go well. So eventually, we found ourselves um, being sued by them on um, about 10 different, I believe it was 10 counts um, of things that they had against us that they were trying to sue us for. Um, they weren't things that we had necessarily done wrong. But as I've learned, you can pretty much sue anyone for anything you want, and they've got to prove that uh, that's not right. And so we went through this. We started this journey. Of course, our attorneys were involved and, um, you know, dealing with all of that. And it was just a horrible place. It was it was an absolutely horrible place to be in. Um, we had all of our assets were frozen and our court dates were felt endless, <laughs> right? It just felt like it was um, never gonna, never gonna stop. And um, so we were through this, we were in this process and just kind of at the end of the rope. And I remember one day, um, you know, we had pretty much lost everything. Everything was tied up in court and couldn't touch any money, couldn't touch our business. We were still having to run the company at the same time. It was this weird thing um, because they were going to be selling the company. And if we didn't keep the company running and active, it could come back against us that we were trying to sabotage things. And so um, so we had to keep it going, even though we weren't making money and we knew it wasn't going to be our company anymore. And it was just a real ugly place to be at. Um, we eventually, to protect ourselves, we had to have the company file for bankruptcy. We personally had to file for bankruptcy as well um, to protect any of the assets that we had. And it was just ugly. To give you just a little bit of a hint, you know, a typical bankruptcy for a individual takes 30 days. For a business, it takes about 90 days. Um, ours took a year and a half. And at that point, um, we then had to go back. Our attorney had to write a letter and try to get the judge to let the bankruptcy go um, because we had all these lawsuits against us and we're going through it and it just was never ending. You know, it was never going to come to an end. And so when we were in the midst of this, I remember one day just being at an absolute loss. Um, there was so much information that was coming in that the trustee was going to the attorney. The attorney was having to come to me. I was having to relay this information. Um, and I just couldn't even think straight. I couldn't function. Um, you know, those times where you're like so stressed out, you just can't even, you just can't even think. You just don't even know what words to think. You're just in a daze. And so I remember telling my husband, I said, I got to leave. I just got to go get some fresh air and get out of here because I can't even function right now. So I had driven to God's Food, which was Chick-fil-A, um, the 
best Chick-fil-A in and out, by far the best fast food that there is. So I was at Chick-fil-A and I was sitting in my car. I had a little SUV at the time and I was sitting to where I could look out on the like the highway, uh, the main road that was going through watching the cars. And I had driven through because, of course, I had like no makeup on and looked ragged and horrible. And I had gotten myself an ice cream cone and french fries, right? Comfort food at its best. And so I remember just sitting there stuffing my face with french fries and ice cream cone, bawling my eyes out, just not even knowing what's going to happen from here. Like, I don't even know where to go. I, how do I even start over? What do I do? And in that moment, I had this clarity come over me. And I'm a, I'm a Bible-believing girl, and I believe it was, it was God speaking to me because there's no other definition that I can give for it and the clarity that it had. And I remember God saying, Holly, you have to tell the enemy no. No, you will not take away my joy. No, you will not take away my future. No, you will not take away my hope. No, you will not take away my health. And no, you will not take away my finances. And that is what the enemy, I feel, was really attacking us with. And in very real things, I mean, we obviously made mistakes in life and and, and did things wrong. But those were the attacks that we were getting. Um, in that time, I had put on about 90 pounds of weight. My health was declining. My adrenals were in adrenal fatigue and um, I was struggling. And so God said that. And I remember thinking we are in the land of the locusts right now. You know, there's one thing that if, if crap happens to you, you're kind of in survival mode, but there comes a point that you're choosing to stay there. And that's the point we were at. We were at a place that there was nothing left for us. Um, I had been born and raised in San Diego. That's where my family was from. Um, my husband had lived there for about 11 years. And that's where everything everything we had was. But that's also where we had built our company and our future. And so everything around us was a memory of that, a memory of the offices we had been at or the people we had met with or being afraid of running into somebody. And I knew in that moment we had to remove ourselves from the land of the locusts. We had to make that decision because we were so emotionally attached that we weren't going to be able to move forward. Now, I'll backtrack for a second and say that a few years before we had decided we wanted to move out of San Diego, we had already made that decision. Um, but we had this business and we were building it. And so when this happened, I went home and I remember telling my husband, we got to move. We got to move. We're never going to be able to get away from this if we stay here. We have to move forward because everything was still going on. It was still happening. All the court dates and the lawsuits and everything else, um, it wasn't coming to an end. And I was so emotionally wrapped up into it, I just couldn't even function. And so it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my husband. And we had two little kids at the time. And so we decided we were moving. And we were scared to death because we had like no jobs, no money, we had nothing, but we knew we had to be moving forward, right? So I remember that day I went online to whatever, Trulia or whatever one of those rental places were, um, and I had applied to rent a house um, in another state. And I remember thinking, we're the worst looking people on paper, <laughs> that there are right now, right? Like no one is going to rent to us because we're going through bankruptcy. We've lost a business. We have nothing. Um, 
no one's going to rent to us. And I remember thinking, if someone rents to us, we got to do it. And so it was one house. There was one place I applied to. And can you believe it? They stink and rented to us. And so we loaded up our car. Um, we took nothing with us. Uh, we didn't even have beds when we moved because um, we couldn't fit them into our vehicle. And we loaded everything that we could. We packed. I mean, I have this picture of us driving across country and it's just crazy with our little kids. And we are just every little nook and cranny of our car is packed with what we could. And um, and we moved and we came in on a Tuesday night. And Wednesday morning, my husband had a job interview. Um and he got the job. And so we decided, okay, we've got this plan. We are going to rebuild. We have moved. We have gotten away from them. Now, we were still dealing with everything over the phone and, um, you know, had to go through the basically the approval process to be able to move out of state when this had happened with the attorney and the judges and everything. Um, and so we thought we're on our way. And let me tell you, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. There were so many things that hit us when we got here. Um, I remember one morning we were, it was early in the morning. My husband was getting ready to go for work, go to work. And it was about 6.30 and I was holding my son at the time. I was in the, in the laundry room. We have like, um, it's the garage and then there's a door that opens up to a little laundry room and then it opens up to the living room. And so I was standing there and my husband opens the garage door and starts walking around the car. and there were just men yelling and they were coming in yelling at us and I had no idea what the heck was going on. Right. It was like out of a TV show and they were yelling at us and screaming at us to move out of the way and then yelling the VIN number of our car and all this stuff. And I was like, what the heck? Like we weren't behind on car payments. We were actually a month ahead, a month and a half ahead on car payments. And I was like, what are you doing? And I have my little two-year-old son and so they were there to repo the car. And I'm like, we're not behind on payments. I have to like grab my computer. I'm pulling up our thing. It shows, you know, that we're ahead on payments. There's not a payment due anytime soon. And he's like, well, I'll let you call the company before I take it. And I'm like, okay, let me just call them real quick. And so, well, of course it was too soon. I could call my company. His company wasn't open yet. He's like, I have to take the car. And then once it gets figured out, you can just come and pick it up. And what happened was there was no reaffirmation agreement signed through the bankruptcy. And I don't know how that happened. I, th I think what happened was we had a couple different um, attorneys because we had different cases. So they were very intertwined, but at the same time, we had to keep them separate because of the business and the personal. And so it was this weird thing where the attorneys would have to talk to each other, but we'd have to do things separately. And, and it was confusing. And, I, and through that mess a paper didn't get signed and I was not aware of it. And I remember the day that happened, just feeling like I had been punched in the gut. What else can happen? What else can happen? Now they're taking our car that we're not even behind payments on. I, I don't, I don't understand what else they want from us. And through that time, things got real bad. And my adrenals were in fatigue and I had gone to multiple doctors. I had been on um, about, I think at the one point I was on like 20 supplements a day trying to um, bring things up because my labs were all over the place um, because my health was so bad. And I remember through the process, now 
at the start of the lawsuits, the people who were suing us said, give us the company and we'll drop the lawsuits. Well, as you can imagine, that's going to strike a little fire that you're going to go, nope, ain't going to happen. I built this thing from the ground up. I built this with my blood, sweat, and tears. I'm not handing it over to you. I'd rather it fall to the abyss than give it to you. So we're going to fight this thing. And that's what we did. We fought it and look what it did to us. <laughs> we, the first year that we had um, our attorney fees were about $65,000 in that first year. And it just crippled us because all our assets were frozen anyways. And so trying to come up with that and figure out what to do um, was so hard. And then, you know, we move and my husband's got this new job. Um, so obviously it's not paying as much as what we were making in a business. And things were hard. And I remember my attorney talking to me one day and he said, Holly, you got to decide if it's worth it. And we were at the point that because of the type of, of lawsuits, I guess it was, and the type of business that we had, that it was going to be going to trial. And so we'd be before a live jury um, that would, that would decide on the matter of what was going to happen. And he said, Holly, you've got to decide if it's worth it. Look at what it's done to your health. Look at what it's done to your family, to your finances. Is it worth proving whatever you're trying to prove, whether you're right or wrong or whatever it is? Is it worth it? And I remember that day going, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I want to be done. I want to move on with my life. And so I said, give them what they want. I want to be done with this. Give them whatever they want. And so then we went through the process of literally handing over everything we built to someone else. And let me tell you, that is a hard place to be. That is a place that, man, you really got to suck up your pride at that one, right? And so we did. And we closed that chapter. It took a long time. Um, but then we found ourselves in this place. What do you do now? We were defeated. We were broke. Our health was bad. What do you do now? How do you pick yourself up? And I go back to Proverbs. Um, and let me find, it's in Proverbs. I'll find it here. Uh, Proverbs 24, 17. And it says, you know, though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. And I feel like there's so many times in our life that we go, yeah, you fail and you fall and you pick yourself up and you do it. But here's the thing, when you look at it, and there's different translations, but the NIV, it's, you know, though the righteous fall seven times, comma, they will rise again. Well, I found myself in that comma. Though the righteous fall seven times, comma. Well, how do you rise again? How do you get back up? And I found myself in this place that I didn't know how to get up. I had fallen so hard. I was at the bottom of the barrel, I was so deep down, I didn't know how to get up and I couldn't find anywhere to help me. There was nothing out there. And so I've tried just about everything. And there was a while that you kind of go, um, you know, you're at the bottom and you go, do, we, do I even want to get up? Like sometimes it's just easier to stay down here. And I finally decided one day, um, that I was going to pick myself up. And I remember my husband coming home 
And at the time, my kids lived on, you know, Goldfish and Netflix. And my husband came home from work and he said, I'm so afraid when I come home that I'm going to find your body. And let me tell you guys, it was a legitimate concern. At the time, I was in such a dark place. I had lost everything. I had had everything ripped out from me. And I didn't know how to get back up. And so I started this journey to figure it out and to share with other people how I'm doing it, how I'm getting back up. And it's included, you know, therapy and going to seminars and taking control of my health and my finances and all these different things. And I want to share that with people because I know that there are so many people out there that were in the same place as me. They're in that comma. They're going, I've fallen. I don't know how to get up. I'm in the comma. What do I do? And so that is what has brought me to this place saying, I have made the choice to pick myself up, to gain it back and more, to be better and stronger for it. But to get to that place, I had to do a lot of stuff emotionally. I had to do a lot of stuff physically. And then now that I'm at that place, there's a lot of things I got to do to get there. And so I want to share that journey and be an encouragement to those people who are at that place that your spouse is coming home going, I'm afraid for you right now because you're in such a dark place. You're so hopeless. You don't know how to get up. And I want to tell you, there's a way to get up. There are things, there are tangible, physical things you can do to help, to help yourself, to help your family, to get better in a better financial situation, um, to be in a, just a better life, to be happy again. And that is what my passion is. That is what my heart is, is to help and encourage people in that comma, just in real tangible ways to be able to do that. So I am super excited about where we're going on this journey. I'm excited to share with you my ups and downs, the struggles, the things that we're trying, um, the things that have worked for us, the things that haven't worked for us. And I'm open to those questions and those comments and concerns that people have. Um, to encourage them and to share with them that you are not alone. I felt very alone and I didn't have a network of people around me to help pick me up and um, to show me the way. And so I'm excited about this podcast and our website and everything that we're doing to be a part of that. Um, so thank you for joining me today. Thank you for hearing my story. It's a lot to share um, and it kind of puts you out there, but there's definitely freedom in sharing your story. Um, and in telling people where what you've come from and what your goals are. So I'm excited to join this journey with you and to have you join it with me. Um, and let's do this. Let's enjoy life um, and let's get better together. <laughs>